this show is going to change its name to Rambo Last Blood because this was all about Monica Rambo and she is just as awesome in the real world as she is in the fictional world where she has fish on her pants. This is Infinity Rewatch and I'm Andrew Fantasia. What's up, everybody? I'm Brian J. Whitehead, and man, what a kickoff episode. First of all, it's been weird with WandaVision with these different, like, decades, but man, what what a wicked way to start this show. (laughs) Oh my god, it just, oh man, oh man. Okay, so spoilers here on in, ladies and gentlemen, but if you're listening to this, it's because you want to talk about it, so that's what we're going to do on Infinity Rewatch. We're going to talk about it. We are. And I, I think the, the best way to start this off is to say that I am so proud of the writers here because this episode exists exactly where and when it needs to exist. Uh, a lot yeah. of TV shows that have, you know, this whole mystery element to them are, you know, they get a lot of flack sometimes for being too withholding. And I feel yeah. like if this episode had been just another decade of Wanda and Vision in this sitcom and spooky stuff happens, but they don't tell us what's what, we would have started hearing those complaints. We would have started hearing, this show's too withholding. It's annoying. Just tell us stuff. So it's like they knew beforehand how people would react at a certain point. And they said, okay, this right here, this is where we need to throw out the truth or at least Mm -hmm. a little bit of the truth and see what's going on in the real world. And boy, there's a lot of stuff going on in the real world. Oh, man. Okay, so I love how you set that up because it's true. The way the show uh, ties everything in together. And I got to admit the quality of the experience. You know, it's definitely... um, It definitely feels like the movies. You know what I mean? Like, this is our first time being exposed to uh, the Disney Plus Marvel series. uh, And man, it just... It feels like a movie. Like, it just feels like a very long movie and so let's get into it first of all it kicks off with rambo's story uh and it's beautifully done to a point where like she's being reassembled after the snap and then right in the middle of a hospital which is probably the scariest place to be um when when the snap comes back into play and everyone's freaking out and like just running around screaming it starts off it kind of reminds me of like a zombie outbreak you know like someone um rediscovering or someone being awoken or you know getting out of a bunker or something and and realizing the world's different kind of thing and so everyone's like running and screaming around her and like she's trying to figure out what happens to which we learn that her that her mom has has passed away which her mom is in uh, the first captain marvel film which is a good way to kind of catch up to her backstory and kind of figure out what's going on um so uh that was really interesting and then and it's cool because we're still seeing characters adjust as well as we are adjusting to this whole blip thing yeah and like this more than anything this really and i wanted to get your opinion on this because of you know how familiar you familiar you are with the marvel universe is are you because because i feel like after this episode there is no doubt in my mind that this is our first MCU horror story. Because uh, like yes. you said, man, like the zombie vibe of this, the, it, it even gave me some pandemic vibes, which is very timely. Like it was just the the whole thing of like, you know, Monica goes up to that 
counter, the desk where the nurses are. And she's like, Hey, have you, you know, what's, what's going on? And the nurse is just like, lady, I can't right now. I can't like, there's too much happening. And just mm-hmm. that whole idea of like the hospital staff basically turning you away and saying, we can't deal with this. This is insane. We don't know what to do. That yeah. sold the fear for me and everything. And, and I just, I wanted to know, like, do you feel like this has earned that place now? Like this is our first Marvel horror. Yeah. Oh, I totally feel like it's earned its place. And I love that we're talking about it because as, as someone who has a background in writing like you do and, and looking at like taking a step back and looking at the show itself, you know, like trying to tell a story like this. What I think I love about this point is like we're still seeing the the consequences of characters actions in the universe. And like we don't see that storytelling too much in 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 movies. Um, like if it's an event, it all happens within one movie and like, it's, it's how characters reacting as we go kind of thing. Um, the only other time we've seen it is kind of like in the DC world, for example, um, where if you time it right, you can actually see how the events in man of steel affect the events in Batman versus Superman. And it kind of goes back and forth between that. Um, but they did a good job in uh, agents of shield did a good job with like Mm -hmm. hail Hydra. They, like, they play yeah. that pretty well. But you're right. Otherwise, it's very self-contained. Exactly. It's very self-contained. I mean, Marvel, I'm, I'm talking broad stroke Marvel. So I'm glad you kind of reminded people like, yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and yeah, so it's it's kind of this whole snap thing is really interesting. And yeah, it's really set like a horror tone. Like you're really seeing the fear. and But more importantly, you're experiencing experiencing the fear that these characters are going through. Um, so yeah, so Monica is just like, just kind of like getting a grip of what's going on. And then we get this beautiful shot of the sword facility, man, sentient weapons and operational response division. Yeah, baby. I don't think that's the actual acronym, but yeah, baby. Now this is the first time I think that the MCU has sort of acknowledged sword by name. Because even yes. in that Nick Fury thing in Spider-Man, right? You were just like, you had to tell me. You're like, Andrew, that's sword. And I was like, I'll take your word for it because I don't, I didn't. See <laughs> so like, this is the first yeah. time where they're like, sword is a thing. Yes. Yeah. So now, now the MCU's like full out, gone out and said it. This is sword. Right. Uh, beautiful facility, by the way. Uh, very and clean. We get, yeah. Very, very clean, actually. Yes. And uh, for a space facility or a, a potential, you know, NASA-esque facility yeah it's, it's quite clean um so we get uh an, so she goes in and she gets some sass from that security guard that security guard was sassy frass oh he's a mm-hmm. yeah so uh we get the look at photon the original from uh captain marvel uh that little image there and then uh this character comes in and his name's tyler hayward and he's been announces the director you don't seem to like this guy you don't seem he's very trustworthy no he's not and like i i just got this vibe from him that uh he you know he's a friendly director of a thing uh mm-hmm. but uh, he just i don't know he, he gave off this vibe that he was taking advantage of how emotionally vulnerable Monica is after a yes. coming back from the snap and B finding out her mom's dead. Uh, and, and that whole thing, I, I wasn't hundred percent clear on with the whole thing of, of what's her name? Pulsar, the whole superhero name. What the one you, uh, her, her name's photon. Yeah. Photon. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that 
thing like what's what's the deal there i feel like that's something where he's using her because of this photon background but i don't know what that photon background is so she has powers um she has kind of the ability to create projectiles like energy blasts essentially um so uh so yeah, so it's it's kind of like she can just summon these powers. Uh, I don't know what this relationship is. It seems kind of weird um, in the sense of um, uh, it's it's weird in the sense that her mom Maria Maria Rambo. That's what I was looking for. Uh, it like she seemed to be the director of this program, and of course Nick Fury always like planting seeds like really far in advance. Um, but I don't know if it's like control. I don't know what he's doing, to be honest with you. And that's kind of the mystery of him. But what I can tell you is that he is, it seems like he could be related to a character from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, do you tell? Oh, oh, believe me, I will. So, uh, there is a character in the early days of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when I used to watch it. Uh, his name is Brian Hayward. Uh, and he uh, signed up for the Centipede program, which essentially creates super soldiers, very similar to Captain America. As long as he didn't um, sign and- up for the human centipede program, because that creates something totally different. <laughs> um, and uh, well, <laughs> yeah, no, actually, that's accurate. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, yeah, they create like super soldiers, but they're very unstable and um and yeah, they're they're essentially like the 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 Hydra versions of Captain America. So, um, so yeah, who knows? He could be infiltrating the program. It seems like he was promoted um, uh, promoted a little too aggressively, but that's because you know there's probably no one else um, in the uh, in this in sort. So yeah, I mean, there's not much to really add to that. I don't know. He seems like a very odd character. He, I think he might be a Skrull, personally. I was I think just that, thinking that, dude. I was going to put money yeah. down and say he's going to be a Skrull in Secret Invasion. Because remember, Skrulls can can get recent memories, or at least develop recent memories, but they don't have like a long-standing thing. So it seems like he doesn't fully have a grasp on their background between the two characters. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I noticed is like, he's very up to, up to speed on protocols. Cause apparently there's a protocol uh, when, when something bad happens to Monica, her mom has like protocols in place to prevent her from doing anything even more dangerous uh, and holding and grounding her. So. <laughs> so if photon can shoot projectiles of energy from mm. her hands, then yeah. who wins in a fight her or Jubilee? Oh man, uh, Maria, man, she stands up with some of the some of the heavy hitting Avengers. So, <laughs> oh wow! So, yeah, she's pretty strong, to be honest with you. So, if you think of Captain Marvel's powers, essentially she can create an energy field around her. Um, she can absorb energy, uh, and she can project them. So, and she also has intangibility, which is pretty cool. Ooh, neat. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, she can. She basically has energy absorption, generation, manipulation, as defined uh, in the in the in the comic book stuff here. Uh, and uh, she can she can actually fly and travel at the almost at the speed of light, which is pretty interesting. And she has intangibility. But in the MCU side of it, we don't know how limited her power will be because one thing I do love about um, 
one thing I do love about MCU is they do make the powers a little more believable. Yeah, they they dial back a lot of the crazy stuff, but they're so good at doing that while simultaneously making every power feel otherworldly and big yeah. and grand and exciting. They, uh, they, they cornered the market on that. So mm-hmm. you noticed something really cool uh, that I didn't even notice. And you, you messaged me while we were watching it. And I'm like, oh my God, he's right. Because uh, Mr. Wu shows up. Uh, Monica goes and talks to Jimmy Wu. And Jimmy Wu has perfected the art of magic, of making cards. I love that. That's such a good catch, man. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Because he tried to learn magic from uh, Paul Rudd. And he wasn't doing yeah. it. But now he is doing it. And he's doing it with his business card because he's all savvy now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. I and again, this goes back to incredible storytelling. Like you know, continuity is is really key. And now that Marvel's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, it's interesting to see how relationships have have developed. And clearly, Jimmy is uh, is catching on to Ant Man and ke- keeping up with the magic tricks, which I thought was really cool. I love Jimmy Woo as a character. He's a he's a Shield agent in the in the comics, um, and uh, and you can clearly see that his story is building into becoming an agent. Uh, looks like he might be an agent of sword down the road. Um, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's like one of the best shield agents uh, uh, amongst the organization. Uh, always like top of the line, getting ahead of everything and being well organized. So I love this character. I love the actor who plays him. It's it's such a great character. And I can't wait to see how his story is going to develop. develop oh, he's so much fun. Yeah, I, I, I want more woo. Um, and I, I love the idea of, like you're saying, because we have such a big universe now, I love this idea of here's this show that's about mm-hmm. two Avengers, but we're also going to pluck a character from Captain Marvel, a character mm-hmm. from Ant-Man and the Wasp, and now a character from Thor. And it's like it, it's like a, a little greatest hits album clumped together into this one show. Like I find that so neat because it's not just WandaVision. It's all these little pieces of the MCU. And now that makes me think like, I hope this keeps up. Like I hope in... You know, in the Moon Knight show, we get, you know, a character from the Incredible Hulk and then a character from Black Panther 2. You know, I, I hope that happens, like more little little uh, bits and pieces taken to complete this little mosaic. I just think this is such a cool way to integrate things. And it, it gives us a chance to sort of remember that, yeah, Darcy is still part of this. She hasn't gone anywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no i love it i i love that we're bringing in all these different characters to project the story forward um man it would be a, a great time to be an actor right oh, now man, Marvel. you're set up for life essentially um but um yeah it's it's a great scene though so so in this scene basically uh Wu and rambo uh work together and again um it's cool that we're gonna see them all kind of you know, working together and they, she sends in the drone, which was interesting. They, she sends in the drone and uh, the drone. Trans- the drone. <laughs> and, uh, and the other interesting thing is not only they send in the drone, it disappears, which now we know again, really clever storytelling. Uh, the drone disappears and becomes something inside the world, like a small toy helicopter. Uh, and then on top of that, the other interesting thing is the cops, seem to um seem to not know about westview and uh, or westview doesn't exist and yet there's a big sign right in front of them that says westview 
Uh, so that's really bizarre, like just that it doesn't exist. But we we know as comic book fans, if you know Wand's power, you know that what's what's really going on here. Um, so upon upon arrival of Darcy, which Darcy, again, great continuity of the character. I think she's more uh, way more into her own skin a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, she's she she's gone from seems like she's gone from political science to astrophysics uh which is kind of weird yeah she's Uh, in a good place because she doesn't have to play the stereotypical goofy sidekick to natalie portman anymore they can let her be the hero here um even though i would argue that monica is the hero of this particular episode but they, they kind of let darcy step out of that sidekick slot and i think that's to her benefit this is the first time that i've really enjoyed darcy's antics uh, i don't know if you yeah, felt the actually, same way i did i did and and the reason is because the last time we saw her in thor 2 she has been a very close intern to um oh my god why is it slipping from me give me a second uh jody jody no not jody Oh my God, Foster, Foster. What's the first name? Jane Foster. <laughs> Thank you, Jane Foster. Um, but it looks like she spent a lot of time with Jane Foster to a point now where she can kind of stand on her own two feet because she's used to using all the equipment that Jane Foster has. And and I love how she quickly picks up on it. Like she just, she gets to this new area and she just knows exactly what to do. So clearly her work with uh, Jane Foster, as well as working with S.H.I.E.L.D., throughout the events of Thor, um, it seems like she's really kind of, you know, yeah, come to her own, not being a psychic anymore. And as someone to, um, uh, someone to, you know, now she can be someone who can help, you know, sword and shield kind of figure out what's going on. And she nails it right on the head. Once she's in there, um, I love how she's, when she's on her way, they're like, we're not supposed to talk. And she's sassing them in her classic humor way. Um, oh yeah and that little van yeah yeah that team really made me excited because it felt like like a michael crichton story where they're just like assembling this team Mm -hmm. of science experts to go take care of this one thing be it like you know a jurassic park kind of thing or whatever it it just felt Mm -hmm. it felt so right it felt like oh this is this is a cool story that marvel hasn't done yet in the mcu and i'm really this i'm so pleased with how they're handling darcy it's it's about time because Kat Dennings is a funny lady, and it's about time they they did her justice. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about it too is that, um, yeah, first of all, um, I love I love a, a science team exploring something unknown. You know, yeah, we see yeah. It in Jurassic Park. We do see a form of it in Jurassic Park. One of my favorite forms of it was in Lost when they sent the, uh, the yes. research team, and that uh, was that based was- off of how Michael Crichton tells his stories. So it's like. Oh. As George Lucas would say, it's like poetry. They rhyme. <laughs> you know what? You got Stanley down, and I definitely <laughs> say you got George Lucas down. <laughs> I love it. That is that's really good, George Lucas. I, 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 I Thank you. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. So so yeah. So I love seeing the science team. But when she comes in, she mentions that you know Wanda's power. Uh, she talks about how the there is a. Uh, uh, CMBR, which is cosmic microwave background radiation. And this is Marvel's wonderful way of really just kind of creating fun, but believable science um, in, in a way of ex- the way it 
in the sense that the way it's being explained, it just kind of feels like it just makes sense for that world where sometimes it feels very far-fetched. Uh, but they talk about the big, uh, the, the, the old school or the relic radiation from the Big Bang, which means they clearly are referring to the six stones when they came together and exploded, um, creating the Big Bang. That's right. And there, the whole, her, her whole explanation of what this, you know, what these, these waves were like, these cosmic waves, I thought it was mm-hmm. so different and fascinating that they went the route instead of, you know, the typical thing for something like this would be like, this is some kind of crazy bleeding edge, new thing that we have never seen before mm-hmm. as the human race. That's like, you know, the default for any time this would happen in, in film or TV. But what I love is that they actually, they didn't stick it on the bleeding edge of technology. They actually went backwards. They actually had Darcy say, I can tell you what these waves are emitting, but I need an old TV. I, you can't, yeah. none, none of your fancy schmancy computers and LED screens are going to cut it. I need a TV with a picture tube. That's so cool. And and it's it actually, yeah, I think about my students uh, who are, you know, like tween aged, and they watch these shows. I, like they, they talk about like Mandalorian and WandaVision with me and stuff. I think about them and I'm like, to them, this idea of a picture tube TV is probably more alien than whatever sci-fi wibbly wobbly cosmic ray crap they could have made up to make it sound futuristic. To those kids, a tube TV is probably like, whoa, what's going on here? What's this witchcraft happening? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So and that, and but that's the fun of the show now. And and what I love about this particular episode is now we as the viewers are catching up with everything, right? Like yeah. like you kind of said with the the teen, the tween <laughs> tween kids, the tween kids. Um, but yeah, no. But this is one of those things as my brother always uh, so delightfully refers to as the people in the back of the theater. Like everyone's kind of uh, catching I up. I love now. that saying. Nick is so smart. Yeah. I love that saying. <laughs> but everyone's catching up now, right? So I I love this scene. I love the whole the whole thing because all these story elements are tying together now. So Wu um, Wu is working with Darcy, and they have a fun relationship. First of all, this Tyler Tyler Hayward guy is is he first of all he totally knocks out or brings Jimmy Wu down a notch. And I'm not a fan of that because Wu is a hardworking guy who's picking up on every little detail, and this guy's like meh. Yeah, see, that's a cue for us to be like, don't trust this guy. He's bad news. Yeah, exactly. Like, definitely don't trust this guy. Something, but I mean, directors are always bizarre. They're always kind of compartmentalizing everything, right? So that's that was Nick Fury's big thing as being uh, Shield, and so maybe that's the thing with Sword. Um, and I, I love that they kind of already get a thing going and Wu's running the show. Like Wu is getting like barking out orders and, and organizing she, uh, sorry, sword and, and FBI agents and everything, uh, to a point where like, he's like recommending not to send in this, the, the, the agent that becomes the beekeeper, which is interesting. Uh, so we still nothing on that, man. All I know is that they sent in a guy, (laughs) For a second, for a second, they did say apparently the the beekeeper guy, his name is Agent Franklin. Um, which, if you take a uh, take a moment, there's a split moment where I'm like Franklin, and I'm like, no, they couldn't mean 
but Franklin is the agent's last name. They never say the agent, like agent, oh, you know, okay. Bob something, right? You're thinking they say Franklin agent... Richards? Yes. Yes, I was. Yeah. Well, do we ever see his face in this or is he always covered up? Uh, we, we, I see that's the thing. I definitely need to see this episode again. This is one of those episodes where you could easily miss a lot because you're, the the way it's catching you up and tying in all the moments is beautifully done, but you kind of want to look at the details because there's, there is some things that are kind of hinting at it. So, because imagine Um, if they kept his face covered for this whole thing. And then like 18 movies from now in fantastic four, three, they're like, yeah, that was Franklin Richards time traveling, trying to help out. Well, and that's it, right? Because Franklin Richards is known for going back in time and literally messing everything up um, because he's trying to prevent something in the future from happening. So uh, it, yeah, but you don't refer to the agent by his first, like agent first name. It's agent yeah. last name, right? So it's agent Wu, for example. So agent Franklin, nothing really there. Um, but there was a moment, there was a split moment. I had that moment and it, it was quickly gone because I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's why I didn't text you on that one. Unless he, um, ha- he's, unless he travels with the alias Richard Franklin. Hmm? It's uh. possible. That's, that's a long shot, but it's possible. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discredit it yet. That's the alias on my passport. So, you know, <laughs> it's not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, tell me exactly. if this, uh, I have a number here. Tell me if this number means anything to you, Ryan. 3,892. Say it again. 3,892. Nope. Nothing standing out there. Because uh, that's the population of Westbrook. And I just found it odd that they made a point of saying the population of Westbrook out loud. Like, it Ooh, doesn't, yeah. like why does that matter? So I thought, okay, is that like a Marvel number? Is there like mm-hmm. a Spider-Man 3,892? Like how there's a Spider-Man 2099? You know, like, is there is there something I'm missing? There, there is a West Coast Avengers comic, but again, I don't see how Westbrook or West Coast are related. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was one where Vision is uh, disassembled, was captured and disassembled. Ooh. Okay. But that's not the number of the comic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I it does seem weird that they would throw out a specific, the population, uh, or at least have that stand out, but. I mean, I love where your head's at, that that could have been a possibility. Um, but yeah, And it could have been a red herring, too, because I feel like they know mm-hmm. that we're going to be crazy. They know we're on to them. Yeah, they know how sweaty and crazy we're going to be about the show. So they're like, just yeah. put a random weird number in there. And Foggy's like, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why Foggy sounds like the evil emperor in my head. I'm sure he's a very nice guy in real life. Uh, what, what I found kind of scary um a lot of things in this episode frankly but what i found particularly scary is okay we see through the eyes of of you know monica rambo and and through darcy and we we see sort of the strange things that were happening throughout the first three episodes right like the the radio and like wanda who's doing this to you we saw the explanation for those and the helicopter and we saw it all happen in chronological order Right. Like it it made sense. So what I find interesting now is we saw what the helicopter was doing, like what the deal with that was and beekeeper. But before the helicopter was the banging at their bedroom window. And this didn't address that. 
which mm. makes me wonder if that's coming from another source cough hell demon mephisto magic source cough you know it it's true i mean i don't know um uh, it could be they did send in two drones that disappeared mm-hmm. uh which could have been the two bangs right um but uh i'm i'm feeling some mephisto vibes for sure uh, the, the one that gave it away for me is the, the, the part where they, they show what happens when Wanda resets something. And it just seems to me like she's, uh, I think she's under a spell. Oh, really? I think she's under a spell and that's Mephisto's spell. What makes you think that? The reason being is that it's kind of hard to the way in my brain like i totally get the language i'm using to to explain it but i'm gonna try to do it for you guys so um so i think she's under kind of like a hypnotic spell of mephisto as opposed to the doctor strange plot i was talking about earlier she's under a hypnotic spell by mephisto and every time someone questions the reality of what Wanda is going through, she starts to break out of that spell. And then, um, but that hatred of like that loss that she has um, makes Mephisto kind of just amp amp her back up into her own reality. And that's why she gets super angry and then uses her power. Kind of like a puppeteer thing. Yeah, that's intriguing because she does when she gets angry and breaks her sitcom character, it's almost like she goes into a trance kind of like I keep thinking of the very first episode when the boss starts choking and she's like, Vision, help him. Like it it, it changes on a dime like she's yes. being like a, like a switch is being flicked. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, you're I think you're onto something here. If you were cast to play Mephisto in the MCU. What what would you make him sound like? Oh my god. I, I would try to make him actually it's funny because there was a play, a comedy, uh, a comedy I was supposed to do for school a long time ago. And I was casted as the devil. <laughs> um and it was a hilarious play about about um the story of, of the devil versus God and like, you know, doing bad things versus doing good things and it's a whole it's a whole thing. Uh, but I kind of gave him a strong bad kind of voice. Was uh, I don't know if you guys know Homestar Runner's strong bad sequences, but he kind of sounded like a, a a guy who's been smoking too many cigarettes for a long time. <laughs> so he's just like, "Hello, my name is this," right? Like that kind of voice. Uh, but if I were to do a very serious tone Mephisto, I would definitely try to make him sound very very low tone, but like very seductive and like, "Hello, Wanda." How are you doing like that kind of that kind of voice like Ooh. why would someone with that kind of power need to raise his voice at all right like why would he need to uh be angry you know what i mean like this is a guy who can literally essentially control the narrative for a lot of things so if something is interfering with that he doesn't need to like exercise too much because it would be too easy for him it's about it's i think he enjoys twisting people so so it's more of a it's more of a flirtatious thing. 
Ooh, yeah, that's such a good point. He can get what he wants without having to yell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's just like um it's like uh it's like when you have a parent figure that like that, you know, doesn't doesn't get angry at you but uses like, you know, I'm not mad, but I'm like severely disappointed in you. Like that kind of yes. stuff. Like that's that's how I see Mephisto would play things, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just not get not get reactively angry, but like use like careful wording to uh, elicit an emotion. What if they cast Nicolas Cage to play Mephisto? I think it would work because he's got the right tone of voice and, and the right way of talking. Right. But uh, I mean, I mean, it would be too much like Nicholson, but Nicholson's got an interesting way of doing the Joker, right? He, Joker does lose his temper and he does like freak out, but most of the time he's very relaxed, right? Like he's, he's having his fun. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll definitely see that kind of Mephisto, a relaxed one. And uh, if Nicolas Cage wants to play him, I think I'm okay with that. I think that'd be, <laughs> that'd, be that'd be good for a laugh. He's got to have at least two scenes where he goes full Cage, though. He has to. It's funny you say that though, too, because um, I was watching uh, I was watching some nerd stuff on uh, on Wandavision and like theories and stuff, and there was a, there was a guy who actually had a really good theory going on. Um, which was that uh, he actually, I think he might have debunked the uh, the Doctor Doom being in Loki. Uh, in Loki, he references it as uh, Lady Loki, and the way he figures it out is because he plays the 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 trailer in super slow motion um, at certain points, and when you see the the cape and the sword and the whole the whole nine yards, um, you get a shot of the boots and. On the set photos, Lady Loki had the exact same boots with the exact same look. So, um, so it's it looks like it may be Lady Loki. Uh, mm. However, however, in one of the shots in the background, there's kind of like this church window um, in one of the shots of Loki's trailer, and there's a devilish figure front and center, and it looks oh, exactly right. like Mephisto. That's right. Yeah. What if they cast, what if as Mephisto, they cast the guy who played Dr. Doom in the old Fox movies? Oh my God. That would be so good. Oh, and well, actually, so, okay. So the point of the reason why I'm bringing this up is my brother, when we were having our, our consultation after the first two episodes of WandaVision um, and, uh, you know, discussing all the things that could could potentially be there is an actor who's casted in loki that i actually watched an inter interview with him he doesn't confirm anything but he does he does confirm something interesting in terms of like the way he acts and stuff so my brother said there's a character cat there's an actor casted in loki and his name is richard e grant and yes. if you look at this guy's performances and the way he presents himself he actually does look very reminiscent of mephisto he could play a great King of Darkness. Uh, but rewind for a sec. Do you actually think it would be cool if the Doctor Doom from the Fantastic Four movie played Mephisto? <laughs> um, I don't think he could pull it off, personally. Because no, you said it was cool like a minute ago, and I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, I guess it's cool. I don't know. I mean, it'd be cool in terms of just trolling, like just trolling. Your oh, as a troll thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I wanted to troll all my fans, that's how I would do it. 
Wanda, I mean, Wanda, you want to make a deal with me, Wanda? It's going to be just, just going to make a little deal. That's all. Yeah. So you don't want to just use my toys? You want to steal my ideas? Yeah, like I don't know, something like that. You're making it sound um, too cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So it would be a really trolly move. Uh, but okay, so bringing it back to Wandavision. So I love how Darcy figures out the TV thing, which is really fun and cool. And a really great way to kind of loop in the TV sitcom thing, which again, storytelling wise, you got to give props to these writers then like how they figured out how to loop that kind of story into this overarching story is brilliant. Just yeah. Brilliant. And it, 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 they do a lot of great almost, but not quite breaks of the fourth wall. Like Wu sets up his board of evidence and theories and it literally looks like any theory that any fan would have written, like including you noticed he wrote scrawls on there with a question mark. Like It just looks so much like what the fans do. And even Darcy has that moment where she just asks like, why is, is Westbrook set up like, uh, you know, different decades of American sitcoms? Is it purely for my entertainment? Like that's so that's exactly what we're thinking. Like, why is Wanda doing this? Does she know she's being watched on Disney plus? Like it's a very cool way to break the fourth wall without actually really breaking it. Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't agree more, it, but that's the beauty of the show. Like it's, it's just so clever that way. What if Darcy turned to the camera next week and she's like, what do you think? Ryan J Whitehead. I, Oh man, if Marvel ever acknowledged my name in that kind of capacity, I think I'd just I would just literally be frozen in like that. You know when you know when Martin you know when Martin in the Treehouse of Horror just like screams and then he just freezes in that position and all the kids are screaming? That's what would happen to me. I'd just like same thing. Just be like, ah! Ah! Uh that's what happened. But let's okay, so hold on. Let's bring it back for a second because Wu is like managing the team. Darcy's figured it out. Now, the cool thing is, and the interesting thing is the the board, when they're starting to figure out who the cast and characters are again, yeah, really amazing storytelling and writing. So um, one of the characters I got a quick shot of, uh, I can't remember his name. Um, oh, let's see. I think I have co-worker. the picture here too. Yeah. The guy who, yeah, yeah, he sits next to Vision in the first episode, right? At the table. Yes. Uh, his name is Tanoon Abrash. Yeah. Okay. So Tanoon, um, they so you get a clear shot, a really clear shot of his briefing uh, of like what his role is. Now, of course, they talk about the occurrences of when we see this character. Uh, it's like, oh yeah, um, uh, uh, he's at the office alongside Vision. And it says, like, uh, is unaware of the, uh, his job title and all this stuff. But the interesting thing is you get a clear shot of the notes. And it says, um, Alibash uh, expresses concern for his father and sister. Uh, uh, this information was obtained when Vision awakened, uh, when Vision awakened him. Is Wanda controlling a whole town? Uh, physical safety of residents is now in question. And then it says, when Vision restores him, uh, Alibash becomes Norm again. Hmm. That's, I love how much detail went into that thing that you literally needed to freeze frame to see. 
Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. And then, so the interesting one that blows my mind is Agnes doesn't have ID. So That's everyone right. else has an ID character and a location. Uh, Agnes doesn't. And I've been trying so freaking hard to get a good zoom in shot of her brief because I'm sure the notes would be really helpful. But I only got a corner of it. And the corner says, uh, Vision's home. Wanda amuses to blank and then or like i can't even read the word and then uh has helped cov cover and then it says something about what magic around agnes something something magic around agnes okay that's a red flag what about dotty did they say dotty was a shield agent dotty uh you you can't you can't see it like it just mm. you can't get close enough to to figure it out so i mean the only the only clear ones we get a good shot of and they don't really have like crazy notes is like herb um one of the ladies that was a part of the club and then norm and agnes but agnes they don't let you get close enough to see what the the brief is right and i think and i hate i hope this doesn't make me sound like a whiny fanboy cuz i hate sounding like that but I think at this point now, I will legitimately be a little bit disappointed if Agnes is not either Agatha or Mephisto. You know what I mean? Like, if it turns out that she's yeah. with, like nobody or she's just like a random scroll, I feel like I'll be disappointed. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, at, at she she feels like such an instrument. You know what I mean? But this is what I mean by like how. She feels like such an ins- instrumental character at this point that if it were anything else, it, I just don't feel like it would have such a big impact. Um, but it's getting to a point now where, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get that decider moment soon enough. And I think that with Agnes, it has it just has to be that kind of big character. Like, it, it just has to be. Like, yeah. and, But th- what I was going to get at was this is what i mean by when marvel does a villain there's a very like that character gets a certain kind of story arc and that story arc is very reminiscent to what we're seeing with agnes yes you're absolutely right and it it, if it does end up leading to mephisto i think this is i mean by nature because it's a tv show it has more time to do so so maybe it's not fair to make the comparison but i think it might be the Mm -hmm. coolest build up slash intro to a villain that mcu has given us yes it's a weird rubric because like we we don't know we only know like existing within the frame of a two-hour movie and they only have so much time to introduce a villain so but Mm -hmm. it's going forward i want to see how they introduce villains in the other marvel shows because Mm -hmm. i have a feeling it won't be as strong as this yeah yeah, I, well, and that's the thing. I I actually think with these Disney Plus shows, I mean, you can really stretch out these villains' arcing story, um, and and kind of see where it goes. But I, again, this is a real, uh, again, this is a real gamble. If it if it doesn't if it doesn't lead to something, it could really hurt the show. That's for sure. And we, yeah. they, Marvel has learned in the past what happens when you flop a villain with uh, with good old Mandarin. So. 
I don't know. I think Kevin Feige and the writing team have been very clever. And if they don't do it, then they're going to have to be extremely clever about how they're going to work around it. So, yeah. And for all we know, like we still could be blowing smoke out of our butts here and it could be there. There's no Mephisto at all. And he has nothing to do with Mm -hmm. this. And I mean, the, the, the whole idea of Wanda being the villain still holds a whole lot of water. And the, the way this episode ended gave me a theory that I'll, talk about when we when we get to the end here but it it, i have a theory now on something that's going to uh take a turn yeah okay well we'll we'll get there very shortly because there's one other thing there's legit one other thing i wanted to uh to get at and then we can kind of work our way right to the end so the the interesting thing here is i tried to get like a really good shot of jimmy woo's whiteboard and the whiteboard is is very much i think a play on i i personally think it's a, it's a small little jab but it's definitely a play on fan fans trying to figure out what's going on as well as jimmy's doing so there's a bunch of like oh what's what it what it might be what it might not be what it's uh you know who's behind this and the first thing it says is extraterrestrials in brackets scrolls question mark yeah it's so fan like it, it, it's literally like they just brought in a random fan and gave them a marker and said take all the theories you have so far from those first three episodes and just write them on this board mm-hmm. yeah it, i mean it's it's a lot of theories there uh, and again it's just it's it's so up in the air i mean but i wanted to point it out that scrolls is a part of the narrative so that means that we might see some more about the scrolls yeah and i i think scrolls will be involved in this show somehow i just feel like because of what we've seen of them in captain marvel which is all we've seen of them uh, or rather and 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 uh, far from home as well they've been very benevolent creatures you know they're not villainous uh so i think that if you're going to do a thing where it's like the bad guy or bad guys are a bunch of scrolls in disguise I think you need a lot of setup to be like, okay, why are these scrolls bad? Why are these mm-hmm. ones bad? Because all the ones we've met have been really nice people. And I don't yeah. know if WandaVision now has room for that kind of setup because there's already so much going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Here's the thing, though, about the scrolls, and 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 once we do our uh, our rewatch of Captain Marvel, we can we can get a little bit more into a heavy debate about it. But I think that though they appear very nice, they might be pulling some strings. You know what I mean? Like, if you were a villain, again, you might you might play it smartly. But at the same time, maybe there are good scrolls and maybe there are bad scrolls. Right? We don't know because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of scrolls. Oh yeah, and I, where- I think that it's very very likely that somebody like Dottie could be a scroll who's just like a, a cool good scroll who works with with mm-hmm. sword. I think it's super, super, very, very, very possible. Yeah. And I mean, because the reason why I bring that up is in in the sense that, you know, we see uh, Talos, but we have like, there is also Queen Varenki who seems to be under the influence that, that, you know, they were supposed to be given a a new planet because their old one was destroyed. You know what I mean? So who knows? Like maybe she could just be, you know, rallying up the scrolls to to be like, we've been screwed over and we're owed a planet. So why don't we just take this one? And she could be Dottie. Like, 
again another man i'm having so many like epiphany moments <laughs> with the show and it blows my mind um uh, but the thing is though when Dottie bled it was red so that that could easily like get rid of the scroll theory pretty quickly oh, because what color is scroll blood i think it's like a blue it's a bluish purple oh man that's so pretty i wish we had bluish purple blood yeah I, I know, i'd be right? cutting people all the time i would just never mm. stop cutting people or maybe even it was like a bluish green i can't remember but yeah it was like a bluish purple green but it was like something in the mix but yeah it would be cool to kind of bleed like that um you could really do some like cool like you know like put your own blood over your face kind of thing uh, <laughs> not to get dark. but yeah let's get it okay let's get right into the end here and let's talk about this weird thing that happened to rambo like what was that Rambo was just walking through the jungle, minding his own business. And then the colonel's men swooped down and the police were there. And he was like, I'm just trying to find my way. You know what? Oh, you mean Monica Rambo? I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. Did she, I love that we, you know, how this whole episode has been about seeing the perspective of some uh, things that have been happening just from a different uh, point of view here, like the helicopter and such. Now we get this great turnaround where it's that scene from the end of last week. Uh, right before Monica gets booted out of Westbrook, but it's a little bit extra. We see exactly mm. how Scarlet Witch gives her the boot, and it's horrific, man. It's so scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting, and it's funny because it's also interesting because this is the first uh, the first series in Phase Four. Uh, and it's interesting because Vision or Paul Bettany has now kicked off every single phase <laughs> and uh, every single phase in uh, in in Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, in, in that. So because he was an Iron Man, uh, which kicked off phase one. And then I believe phase two was uh, Iron Man three, Iron Man three. And then phase three three was civil war which was about <laughs> which was mainly had vision to drive the narrative so he was the, he was there um and yeah now he's in one division so uh the interesting thing that i think first of all is that the other thing about it is this is the first disney plus series which it's funny how you know people when they think of disney they're like oh ha 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 it's all happy go lucky fun and the show plays on that. The show plays on like these happy-go-lucky sitcom moments. But then you get that that really cryptic moment with Vision being essentially zombie Vision. Yes. And, and it's kind of like, well, everything's not as happy as it seems. Um, and Which is really interesting. And again, I'm still... but. I don't know what that means for vision. I don't know if that means that she's just using her powers to essentially use his body as a puppet to like, you know, make him seem like he's alive. And then she has these kind of curtains over her eyes. Um, which is also, if that's true, that's even darker. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Like I, this is my theory is that Mephisto is putting a spell on her to, to have these two kids essentially, to a point where these they are the the fragments of Mephisto, um, to a point where he, uh, something's going to happen to cause Mephisto to like enter the realm or something. I I don't know, but that's my theory. Yeah, the whole uh, for the children that was too 
weird and creepy to just be contained to that episode. That's going to come up again. And, yeah. and she's had children now. So uh, you, you put another scary thought in my mind while you were talking about zombie vision there. What do you think mm-hmm. is more likely before we get to my theory here? What, what do you think is more likely to be the case? She's using visions corpse and projecting an illusion or mm-hmm. she has subjugated a scroll and has forced the scroll to look like vision. I the I think it's it's Vision's body. Wow, that's so dark. I I do, and I I do because my evidence is in Infinity War. Um, they talk about how the stone and Vision are two separate things, and that the Vision might have enough of himself to be himself. So she has that going for her that she believes that they can turn Vision into you know a, a real boy. <laughs> they can turn they will or that they can eventually you know maybe she's holding on to the idea that they can repair vision or maybe that she went to get vision and like can you fix them and they're like no we can't she's like yes you can you just haven't figured it out yet and then like you know runs off of vision kind of thing um and the other reason you know she comes back after the snap and doesn't even get time to process vision's body and has to go straight to battling thanos so obviously she's going to go back to Wakanda, recover vision, and then go from there. That's uh, a really good point. We, I hope right. we see that flashback now. We I saw think that Monica's. we do. I, yeah. yeah, I think that we will. And, and, and that's, that's, my, that's my other reason, is that this, this episode started right at the events of Infinity War. So who knows? Yeah, I, I think I want to ride that train with you. I want to ride the, the corpse train. Wow, that sounds morbid, but I want to ride the corpse train with you. I the only reason I want I, to ride it because I want to know why. I want to know yeah. why. Yeah, and I, I think it it would make for a really cool, chilling story. The only reason I went to a scroll vision option was because mm-hmm. there's that moment at the end of this where she's like, "What do you want to watch on TV?" Like right before the episode ends, and they cut to vision and he's smiling at her, but he looks like a person who's smiling with a gun to his head. You know, like he's he's smiling like, whatever you want to watch, sweetie, please don't hurt me. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I just saw that wrong because I was too caught up in the moment. But yeah. uh, this sort of this leads into the theory that I had um, from just the way she acted and the way Monica reacted once uh, sword came and, and woke her up at the end here. So, you know, that moment, Ryan, in the trailer, uh, yes. which is still my favorite MCU trailer. I love it a lot. Uh, where we see there's like this this cool heroic moment in the trailer where it looks like Wanda is talking to Vision and she is saying like, this this place is ours. Um, if they want to take it, let's protect it or something like that. Or like, let's fight yeah. for it, right? I believe now that the trailer, as good trailers should do, the trailer misled us. I think that that is not a heroic moment. I think that is a moment of, sword is trying to get them out and she's like vision look at all these people they're trying to take our home let's kill them and it's going to be a horrific thing where all these agents are trying to help her and be like wanda calm down it's us like listen to us and she's going to get vision to be like come on let's kill these people they're they're bad guys she's going to make him see villains or whatever maybe make him see like ultron robots or whatever like just something evil 
And the two of them are going to cause a lot of innocent deaths in the name of this guise of, we are protecting our home. Mm. I like your theory. I like it. I like it. I, I, I do like it. However, there's just something, there is something still missing. There's, there's still a piece missing. I personally, I think there is some, there's some similarities. I, my theory is some similarities to yours. I think that there's a lot of parallels, subtle, subtle parallels to the first Thor movie. Ooh. And I'll tell you why, because in the first Thor movie, uh, when the hammer is thrown um, from Odin, which I love, you know, that movie, if it's got one really redeeming factor to it, it's it's definitely that story of Odin, Thor, and Loki. Uh, but when he throws the hammer and then S.H.I.E.L.D. builds an entire facility around it uh, um, with, like, the tents and everything, and what ends up happening is Thor goes on a rampage and to get his hammer back um, and uh, and starts taking out shield agents left right and center uh to a point where hawkeye has to come in and, and try to take her out or sorry take thor out um and then thor doesn't get his hammer and he just screams bloody murder which i love again i just love that scene because the way hemsworth delivers the disappointment that he can't lift the hammer just uh-huh. pure cinematic gold just love it um and so Though then in the end of Thor, the destroyer comes and starts blowing up the town. And so the 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 fearful symmetry I have of of the way this show's playing out is that Wanda takes vision to this town and and you know maybe she's trying to use her powers to resurrect him or something. Um, that goes wrong trying to resurrect him and maybe maybe that Mephisto is kind of playing around with this whole thing and now that this little town's got this weird world world around it sword just builds a facility uh around it trying to figure out what's going on and I think what's going to end up happening is is Mephisto is going to corrupt her to a point where she's going to snap and then she's going to be like the destroyer and start blowing up the town because because she's going to end up blaming sword for not helping vision uh and and agnes is going to be kind of like the the puppeteer helping mephisto kind of drive the narrative and yeah and then we're going to see this this battle where she's essentially going to be like the destroyer running around blowing up things and then i think monica is going to be essentially the thor and realize her powers and then stop uh get dr strange and stop wanda that's right i keep forgetting dr strange is supposed to show up Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm so excited. Well, you, you I, seem like you were really in suspense of my story. <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs> I think if either of us are right, we're in for a treat, right? Oh, like this, yeah. those both sound really good. Uh, I, I love how scary this show is turning out to be. I was yes. not expecting, you know, they kept building up Multiverse of Madness as the first Marvel horror. This is the horror. Mm-hmm. And it might still be. Might still very well be, but I I was not expecting to be so scared 
during WandaVision. And I think that helped not knowing going mm-hmm. into it. Like imagine if horror movies didn't advertise themselves as horror movies and you went in and you're that much more scared when you're like, oh, this this comedy looks interesting. No, it's not a comedy. There's demon ghosts. Like <laughs> you'd be terrified. So I maybe like this has that same effect on me where I'm just like the 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 dead vision and the I, the way that Wanda gets when she's upset and when she kicks out Monica, it's so otherworldly and so unlike anything we have seen in Marvel mm. to date. And I, I noticed when when she is talking to Monica right before she throws her out, I was listening and trying to see if maybe she slips back into her Sokovian accent because she's like not this version of Wanda anymore. Uh, but she didn't, uh, which I think only strengthens the Mephisto puppeteer uh, theory that's hovering mm-hmm. over this. Oh, man. But what an episode, though, right? What an episode. And the song. Always Marvel has a seems to have an interesting play on the songs. And, uh, of course, the one we hear is Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. Um, I did pick up this. I actually read this from a, from a website um and uh good old den of geek and uh they said that uh the end credit song is voodoo child by Jimi hendrix the lyrics certainly hit a different diff- uh different in the context of the show um like creating your own island stealing time of others and seeing the dead in a new world uh mm-hmm. and not to mention the first line of the song is while well, i'm standing next to a mountain as in mount wondergore I'm standing next to a mountain. I I took a shower right after I watched WandaVision and I was singing that the entire time. By the way, did you notice that earlier this week, all the episodes have finally been given official titles? No. Yeah, here, I'll read them to you really quickly here. So episode one is called Filmed Before a Live Studio Audience. Episode two is called Don't Touch That Dial. Ooh, good, good one. That's good. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Episode three was called Now in Color. And this, I think, is the most clever one. Today's episode was We Interrupt This Program. <sighs> Isn't oh, that man. genius? So good. <laughs> man, again, I would just love to be in that boardroom, buddy. You and I being in that boardroom with Kevin Feige and all those guys, the writers. Uh, I'm going to yeah i uh, that's the dream that is that's the dream, the dream. We'll, we'll be there one day phase nine it's gonna be you and me partner <laughs> phase nine is gonna be all about you and me uh, i'm gonna drop <laughs> one last silly theory and uh, not even silly theory but just one last super small theory before we close it off thanks to these new episode titles i'm going to guess that the final episode is going to be called if we're sticking with the theme of old phrases they used to use in the days of television i think the final episode of wandavision is going to be called this concludes our broadcast day. What do you think of that? Ooh, that's good. I like it. That's like my story it. and I'm sticking to it. I love it. I love it. And uh, yeah, no, I, I love it. And I think that's a good, that's a good place to end it. Beautiful. And uh, that has been Infinity Rewatch for another week. You can find Ryan and I standing next to a mountain. Uh, as well as on all the social meds where we are social mediaing next to mountains. I know Ryan does. Ryan lives a jet setting life of climbing mountains and crossing bridges, Ooh. swimming through locks. 
yeah. and I, I'm just kind of on level ground most of the time. You can find me in mm. like prairies. But uh, thank you for listening to Infinity Rewatch. Uh, next week, who knows what we'll see? Maybe the 80s, maybe. I'm down for that. Uh, but until fingers then, crossed. fingers crossed, then we get to see those Halloween costumes too. Woo, for sure. Woo. But until that happens, everybody have a marvelous day. And also, don't forget to like, leave a comment, and subscribe to the Rebel Stone Podcast Network. You're damn right.